The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite.
my row, also known as my row flames. Coming with laughs and coming with jams. On Love Lounge, baby, you better catch it when you can. Dropping knowledge from fatherhood to politics. Shouting out comics, just paying homage. What's up, Tiff? Yeah, you know she ready. Shy Town's on speaking to the grown and sexy. We gon' laugh, cut up and kick it. And at the end, we leave it with just to lift your spirits. Make you wanna revisit. Tell your friends, take a listen. Young folks say it's lit, old folks say we dig it. Can't no bitch do what you do. Play my role and welcome to this week's episode of Laugh and Learn. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very special week. I am in New York City with the GOAT himself, the one and only Mr. Dave Chappelle. It's his birthday week and it is his first time headlining at Madison Square Garden. So I am here. I've been at all the shows. I'm thinking I'm going to get on on Saturday. But bigger than that right now, I am sitting here waiting to have a conversation with one of the most pertinent and important comedians of our lifetime because I watched this woman even when I was studying. I'm always going to be a student of comedy until I'm gone from here. That's what I will always be as a student. And I am with the one and only, the the Asian wonton, the, the beauty, the diva, the one and only Miss Margaret Cho, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all make some noise for Margaret Cho. Hi. <laughs> thank you. Hello, gorgeous. Hello. Oh, my God. My, I, I have been such a fan of yours for such a long time. I, I am so grateful that you came to do this with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this is wonderful. I'm very excited. So I know you grew up in San Francisco, Margaret, and you're a Sagittarius because my, my friend is my not not a partner, but my friend is a Sagittarius. Her birthday is the 15th. You are the 5th. Tiffany yes. Haddish is the 3rd. I know a lot of Sagittarius. Yes. Um, how, was comedy your your dream when you was a kid? Is that what you wanted to do? Yes. Absolutely. I, I never wanted to do anything else. I still don't, I think. And I, but I love acting and I love um, doing all that kind of other stuff, like whatever that is, and music too. But I will always do stand-up comedy. It's a thing that really, um, I don't know. I think most comedians, as you know, we just do this and we know that we do this. And we're just born kind of knowing. Let, let me ask you a question from a comedian's perspective, Margaret, because when there are days when my children get on my nerve and I'm having a rough day, but I still have a show to do, and you try to remove all of the negative so you can take it to the stage, but have you found out that with all the drama, once you hit the stage, it all disappears anyway because you're like, I got a microphone, I got an audience, let's go. Yes, exactly. And sickness and any kind of, because you have that adrenaline that pushes you yeah. through because you're just like doing the thing that you're supposed to do. You know, we just know we're supposed to do it. So anytime I've gone to do a show and been sick, I just, it lifts just for the performance time. And then I go back and I'm sick yeah. again when I leave the stage. But it's really interesting how the body knows we're supposed to do this. The body knows yeah. and, and it falls, falls right into place. Yeah. It is it is such a therapy for us. And I, I think a lot of people in the audience don't really understand. We're there to make you laugh, but you all are there to make us feel better. Right. It's a healing thing. It's a healing. Yeah. Um, but it's also like a really, it's pretty spiritual. 
You know, when you know you're doing the right thing in your life, then um, it really makes sense. Like, so I, I think that it really heals me from the inside out. Yeah. You know, Margaret, I um, and I know you are a great supporter of the LGBT community. I am a part of the LGBT community. I get a lot of backlash from our community because of how I, my stance of how I feel about biological women. Uh, what I see a biological woman is to me, how important that is to me. But uh, I, I was I was actually taken aback that I, because I didn't think that you were going to take the interview. I'm just being very honest with you. This is a conversation more so than an interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate you coming on because they give me a lot of BS because of how I feel. I don't just try to discredit anyone, but I just feel like we can get along in unison as trans women and as biological women. I just think that we can jail together, but I get a lot of backlash. So again, I want to say thank you for coming on. Thank you. No, it's so important. I think that, you know, being queer myself, I grew up within the trans community, within the queer community, within the gay community, and I've never seen as much unity as I do now. You used to be, I think it's like before AIDS too, like a lot of us were very separated. You know, the men and the men and the women, the trans, um, the bi, everybody was in their own like area. And then we came together, I think, because we needed to. So I'm very, very supportive of the trans community, very mm-hmm. supportive of unity within the queer community. Do you think that it's now with all of the transparency, with all the unity that's public, do you think it's better now or do you think that it was better 20 years ago? It's better now. It's better now. We have a lot more of a presence of a the idea of how to talk about being trans. We didn't have an understanding of it 20 years ago. We didn't have an understanding of it five years ago, you know, and now we have much more awareness, much more education about it. We have a lot more vocal uh, activism going on, very like present activism, especially in social media. So I think we know more, but we don't know enough. We need to know more. Yeah. I I love, I love the opportunity to, the opportunities that have been afforded to us. We have girls that are making millions of dollars of doing what we love to do, which is drag shows or stand up or, you know, hosting or what have you. And I love those opportunities that are afforded to us. I just hate that some of the younger generation feel so entitled that they don't want to respect the ones that made a way for them. And I'm, I'm not saying any names, but it's just a lot of that. But that's neither here nor there. Being coming out as a queer as a comedian, Margaret, was that did you find that challenging? Because after Ellen came out, you know, she got a lot of blowback, she got a lot of pushback, she lost a lot of opportunities. Did you, did you find that that was part of your story? Yeah, but it, you know, it's interesting because if you look at comedy itself, the, the, the majority of the women in comedy are gay, almost all of them. I mean, and if they aren't gay, they have like uh. Gay, gay tendencies or they're totally butch <laughs> in their spirit. You know, they may like dick, but they yeah. have a butch heart. So if you look at like, you know, even people like Wanda Sykes and, and Rosie O'Donnell, the people that are like really like famous always had yeah. that side to them. I mean, whether um, they were talking about it on stage, you know, that came a little bit later, but it was something like when you're in comedy, there's always the queerness. I think there's just always there. Yeah. Have you found, because I love the familiarity of that you use your, your family, especially when you do your mom and oh, everything, because Joe Coy talks about his mom. And I love the fact that you guys have let us in because 
you Asian Asian people were very private. They were very selective on who they allowed to inside their little circle. But the show Fresh Off the Boat really opened up how the Asian community is and how they talk and they were fun and exciting because if you're not a part of that, they really don't let you in. So I love when you and Joe Coy talk about your mom and does the accent. That is so great to me. Do you find that that is your best comedy when you emulate your mom or your family as opposed to just talking about who you are? Absolutely. Because it's a very, uh, it's a very present truth that I think anybody can identify with is that people, parents that are from another generation, from another country, who are just Mm -hmm. kind of seeing the life that you have here and kind of trying to connect with it. So, you know, for me, it's a really, it's a, it's a very Asian part of myself to talk about my family also, but I love like when you slip into a character that is like, you know, to me, it's very classic, like comedy of, you know, whatever, like it's the outsider point of view. Yeah. And we would have never been privy to that had it not been for comedians like yourself and for like Joe, because y'all let us in. Asian people are such a private unit. You know, they really don't let people in. So I love the fact that we were able to come in to see all of that. What is your what is your dream arena to play, Margaret, as a comedian? Um, well, I would love to do Madison Square Garden like you're going to do. I've never done it. Me too. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I mean, what a great, what a great opportunity and uh, what an event. So for me, that's like the ultimate. Also, Carnegie Hall was really great. Um, it just adds an, a level of uh, um, establishment to what you're doing. It's classy. I also just love a comedy club. I love a, you know, a night nightclub. Very like raunchy very safe you can say whatever you want to me that's the best yes that is the best that is absolutely the best margaret i I would love to see i would love to see you play the part of the the person in kinky boots i know it's a drag queen (laughs) that's great i would love to see you do something like i think that you can pull that off i love it you are so familiar and you have been a fruit fly and that's my that is my terminology (laughs) for people who have been allies for the gay community yes you were a fruit fly long before you became you know you you announced that you were queer you were a fruit fly and this is what my one of my things I don't want the 10 or 12 disgruntled loudmouths to chase the only allies from the LGBT community that we have ever had, right. which are biological women. Biological women have always been allies of the community, always. Yes, of course. And I never want to lose that. So I, sometimes I get a little opposition because of the way I feel. But yeah, I would love to see you do something like that, Mark. I think that would put a twist on it because they I always think that, let, let, look, look at how popular Victor Victoria was. Oh, yeah. And there was a woman playing a man pretending to be a a, man, a woman. You know, that would Incredible. be, Margaret, I think you could do that. I love it. <laughs> and I think the whole visual of it all would be great because I was walking past and I saw the sign Kiki Boots. And I remember I said, Margaret could probably pull this off <laughs> big time. That would be so fun. I would love it. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, movie-wise, because I know everybody's on strike right now. Do you have a dream role that you would like to play? I just want to just keep working, you know, like it, they used to not yeah. have Asian people in movies. So this is like really new that it just started. And so oh yeah, Michelle will change the game. Yeah. Michelle incredible. The game. Incredible. So hopefully uh, that, you know, I just, I don't care what it is, you know, like, and it, it's, um, 
It's sad because I never had the real opportunity to dream. I never dreamed so big about movies and TV because yeah. it just wasn't a, an option for me. Like I was just, oh, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian forever, which is actually great too. But, you know, like I never let my imagination go of what I could be as an actress. So I'm, you know, I'm really just, I just want to work and I don't care what it is. But I'm very excited that finally we're seeing Asian people in movies. So do you think that because having representation and seeing the representation that it'll open up a plethora of work for you possibly? Yes, I hope so. That's yeah, I believe that. That's my dream. You know, that to me is like the ultimate because uh, comedians also make great actors. You know, we've seen it yes. time and time again with people like Robin Williams. And, um, you know, I, I just think we just have that ability. We can sort of do if you can do comedy, you really can do anything in entertainment. And so I really do believe that. Yeah, I, I would love to see. I would love to play a dark role when I get a movie. I would love to play something dark and. And gritty because I'm like everybody know you can be funny. I don't want to be funny. I want to be something else. Yeah, well, we could do you, we could do it all. You know, I think because comedy like really lends itself to all the all of the emotions. So as an artist, you have every color to work with on your palette. So all of the different shades of gray uh, are there. Um, what I'm thinking of is something like Monique and Precious. She's so just so gritty and and scary in that. You know, and there there's something that you know she really. That one of one of my favorite Oscar winning performances from a comedian, no less. So that's great. Yeah, and, and have you worked with Wanda and Page? Because when, when I did Netflix, uh, they ready with Tiffany Haddish, Wanda and Page, Pusha Productions were produ producers on there. Yes. So uh, they were pretty. They were pretty dope. They were they were trying to get me to be something else, but they were pretty dope. They were really nice women. They're so great, and I've been such a fan of both of them. And you know, so many different ways, but yeah, I definitely love, I, I mean, like, I just love Wanda's comedy and I just love, I, I just, I love the way that they work together. So they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Wanda is, uh, they just reached out to me recently. So hopefully something will jump off from that. But you know, um, so Margaret, you don't have any children, huh? No, I have a dog who is barking here. I have three cats. <laughs> I have many, um, you know, many animal animals around me but i don't have any children i i guess it just never happened for me but um i don't know i i uh i can barely take care of myself but it's great to have kids i think it's so amazing but i just don't have any <laughs> i love when people i love that people with no children always say that it's great to have children you can borrow one of mine anytime you like good god they're a little darker than you but you could borrow any one of them <laughs> I just I I'm I think I'm afraid of loving somebody so much, you know. And like that, that, that does happen. I don't want to love anybody that much. Like I'm very happy being single. I'm very happy in that life. Like I just don't want to be beholden to another person that I made. That to me is just so intimate and intense. Yeah. How how has the strike affected your work? Well, I was supposed to do about five different movies from the summer on into the fall and everything is just uh you know we're, we can't do anything and so it's a really uh, it, it's interesting because it's made it possible for me to just sort of take a break because i was really busy but i'm also on tour doing stand-up still as well so um because i would do my works on the movie like for the week and then i would go out on the road on the weekends so i had like a very packed schedule now 
I'm just going out on the weekends, which is fine too, but it's certainly different. I, I really wish um, they would resolve it, but we have to find a solution because, you know, they've been treating actors so unfairly for such a long time. So this yeah. is the only way we can finally have some resolution. It's the effect of AI. They try to replace us with AI, Mark. It's going to be real hard to replace me with AI. I got a lot of extra parts. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot be replaced. I mean, it's just like you missed the, the real the real deal. I think that comedy in particular is the one area where you really cannot recreate it. You cannot. There's no way. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu.
Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. I want to know who your dream to share the stage with as far as being doing stand-up. Who is the dream artist that you would love to share a stage with? Well, I would love to do um, more with Ali Wong. I've worked with her in the past, and, you know, I, I really love her. Also, uh, Sabrina Wu is incredible. Uh, also, Sherry Cola. Um, you know, I, I would just love to uh, work with Wanda again. And, and I just, you know, I just want to work. Like I don't, I, I think every time I get to go out and do shows, it's to me so miraculous and so exciting, especially, you know, at my age, it's, it's really incredible to still do it. You know, I've been doing it for 40 years, so it's great to keep on going. Margaret, we're only in our thirties. Don't do that. We're only in our thirties. That's right. We're just, you know, (laughs) it's been a hard knock life, but we're in our thirties. That's right. (laughs) That's right. I um I watched one night I was head to the uh, uh, edible and I watched your special uh, I don't even remember the name of it I was just channel surfing and you were on doing the jokes about your mom and it's the facial expression oh. oh my god listen to me it was amplified twenty times because I had taken the edible so I love it, was it. The funniest thing to me oh my god I love it I was like I wonder does she know if she passed out edibles to an audience and they watched <laughs> it it would be ten thousand times funnier oh my goodness that's great <laughs> I mean you know that's a good idea maybe I should that you know have like a whole thing beforehand and everybody take it at the same time but then it's so it's so unpredictable because sometimes people just fall asleep and then some people just get yeah. horny and then so <laughs> people can't pay attention you know the people that can't pay attention when they have an edible they're just like all over the place right so but that's a good Mar- idea what can, have you faced them so so Margaret, before it has become so popular to be just who you are because it's not about asian or black or white did you find discrimination as being a female Asian comedian? Because I know what females go up against because comedy is a male-dominated field. I portray a female, but I have a very masculine alpha male spirit. Have did have you found a lot of opposition and a lot of pushback from me just being an Asian female comedian? Yeah, but the way that it came out was invisibility. Like, it just didn't have any opportunities, you know? And, and then I would just, like... uh uh, have to, like what was good about it is that it made me different. So then I stood out like when I was starting comedy in the eighties, like it was like good because they uh, would remember me because I was just nobody like me at all. And so that was promising. But um, then like when it came to trying to break into TV and movies, it, I just, it couldn't catch a break. Like it was very hard to, get roles it just they weren't anything yeah. written for asians there were just no roles out there and so it was really very tough um 
But stand-up always was a place that was welcoming, even though it's very male-dominated, even though it's very white. The fact that I think identity is currency. You know, we have uh, a lot of value because we are different. And then the audiences will remember that. And that's the only thing that is like, true in 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 comedy so and, and usually like if you're funny you're gonna make it no matter what so there's very yeah. few people that actually are truly funny it's weird how few people are really really funny it's yeah. so amazing though because when you get have the ability you can really do it yeah it was when i started we had to do either alternative nights they had to have a gay night or a black night or a trans night trans woman night or i'm like how about i just want to be a comedian i don't want to be all those other adjectives i just want to be on the comedy show yeah so i had to keep doing stuff like that in order to prove to them that i was you know i had the chops because it's what you said Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out here that have the title of comedian that they're not but you can tell like people are in it just because they want to be seen because they're like, oh, well, I'm an actor, but I'm going to try this for a while so that people can see what I do. But there, there's a very big difference between somebody that is genuinely a comedian, funny and like knows they have to do it as opposed to people who just sort of do it as a means to something else. Yeah, it, it, is, it is very tough. It is very tough. I would like to see you. Margaret, you know, I would think I think that you because I've watched your interviews and I've heard you speak to so many different people. Why, why haven't you tried to get a talk show? I don't even think we have any Asian women that have actually had a really good talk show out. No, there haven't. I would love dope. to. I would love to. You know, I've never. Uh, yeah, I've never been approached for that, but I would love to do that. That would be great. Oh, there's Lisa Ling. Lisa Ling does more sort of one-on-one sort of things, and she goes and travels all over the world. And yeah, but her stuff is mostly it's very you know, serious. I'm yeah, I'm talking about from a comedic yeah. aspect, from an act, and everybody likes you, Margaret. You know, know, you got a great reputation in Hollywood. Yeah, I think that would be great because you would so come in from a whole different perspective. Let's do it. About it. You can be you can be on it with me. Let's do it together. I can be your Ed McMahon. Fabulous! <laughs> a fabulous. <laughs> I love See, it. See, the dog even agrees. She does. She loves it. <laughs> oh, Margaret, you um, you think that uh, see, I would like to see them remake some movies with with all t- with with different females. Like, I would love to see a Charlie's Angels with an Asian mm-hmm. woman and a Latino woman and a black woman, you know, or yeah. even a comedy like Nine to Five with an Asian. Oh, that be I, great. I love that. Would be so great because I'm so telling great. you, because now we see that. It, it doesn't have to look like this. It can look like this and still be successful. Absolutely. And I'm loving that. And I wish they would give more opportunities to Asian women and people of color to try, try different things. Right. I think we'll be wildly successful. I agree. Because people want to see themselves. People want to see their stories. And they want to feel like they exist in the world. You know, we just have such a uh, a long history in cinema where it's just whites it's just whites. <laughs> I'm yeah. so, I'm so, yeah. I mean, and the films are still great, but it's just like, we just haven't been able to see ourselves for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what, I think that that was the reason that the, the show all in the family, they had a character on there. Her name was Beverly LaSalle in 1974. I was nine years old. And when I saw the character, it, I cried for an mm-hmm. hour because I kept thinking that there was something wrong with me. So, Seeing it, transparency, and being able to visualize, especially on TV, I was like, especially Norman Lear just had his finger on the pulse That's right. so many years ago. 
it made me know that you're going to be okay. You are actually going to be okay because you see somebody that looks like you. It's incredible. It's incredible. That is why it was so wonderful for Dave to embrace me into his fold because when all the backlash happened with Dave and, you know, his jokes about the trans community, and Dave and I have had conversations, Margaret, and I told him, when you did Sticks and Stones, I thought you were a little phobic. I did. I thought you were a little bit. But you met somebody from San Francisco. Her name was Daphne Dorman, a trans woman who wanted to be a comedian. And she changed your mind because you had a conversation with somebody that didn't look like you, that didn't dress like you. But you took the time to realize I'm talking to another human being. I'm talking to another American. And, you know, I hate that she killed herself because of whatever the drama was going on in her personal life. May she rest in peace. But to me, she opened up his mind to be able to accept somebody like me. So Mm -hmm. he saw somebody like me that looked like me. Mm -hmm. And now we are friends because of somebody like her. That is where I want us to get to in this world because everybody is feuding and you don't look like me, so we can't get along. And we're all Americans. Mm -hmm. Margaret, you're an American. Mm -hmm. I am an American. We may look differently, but we are all Americans. That's right. But we won't get that. We want to fight. Everybody wants to fight, Margaret. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. <laughs> I'm I a be, lover, I not be, a fighter. I want to be pretty and funny and make that's money. Right. That's all I want to do. That's right. Me too. You're great. You've got the right idea. Let's just do that. Right. That's the name of the show. Pretty, funny, and making money. Good. Yes. God. Oh, Mark. It is. Um, it is powerful to think that. So, have you been discriminated? In, in your face, have you had discrimination on in the comedy rooms in your face? Because yes. I've had it in my face. Yes. I, 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 want, I, want, I, want to, I don't want you to name the names, no. but I want to hear the story. The first, sh- one of the first shows I ever did, I didn't have a headshot because I was so young. And I went into the club and they had taken um, an illustration, a racist caricature from the 1890s of a Chinese railroad worker. Like with buck teeth. And eating a bowl of rice with chopsticks and spraying the rice everywhere. Like a racist caricature for my picture. Like, can you imagine? Like, I was, and I was like just a kid. And I, 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 I just remember telling them, you have to take that down. Like I was shaking. Like I was like, how is that? How are you? That's, you can't put that on. That's not appropriate. And it was like, you know, so bad. And, you know, things like that happen, like, often. But it's mostly um, out of just sheer ignorance. Not really, like, they didn't mean to be racist. They didn't know, which is, like, so dumb. But it's really, that's so bad. Yeah. Well, that was back then. You said you were very young. Now people know. So now they know better. Yeah. So like they said, if you know better, you do better. That's not necessarily always the truth. Right. But when you know better, now you can get called out on it is what can happen. Right. But I, I mean, there, I hate there's just, yeah, horrible, horrible. There was just like yeah, been stuff. I hate that. It's so terrible. But then there was stuff that I have to laugh because one time somebody took a picture of me. I was on the side of the stage and I was eating, you know, those Chinese food boxes, the white ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was eating with chopsticks out of it. And I was just like, really, I was really chowing down on them. And somebody took a secret picture and posted it. And I, I had to laugh because that was just, it was so racist. <laughs> it was like a caricature, but it was me. I'm eating, the, I'm eating those wontons. I'm not trying to, 
act like I'm not eating them. And I had my hair up like in a top knot that was all kind of coming out and there was a chopstick in there. I mean, it was just, it was, it was very racially uh, insensitive and I was doing it to myself. Well, that's the, the difference in that is at least that was you and you owned that. The other picture was not you. No, no. But it's so funny. Starting look, starting with the bug teeth, I would have been like, okay, my problem was the bug teeth. That's so ra- racist. <laughs> so terrible. Oh my goodness. I, Margaret, I, I have those stories. So I, I get and I understand. But I believe that because we have been so we have become dinosaurs in this profession. We are so much older and we have taken so many of the beatings for people coming behind us that we made it easier for the Asian the young Asian comedians coming up or for the young trans or gay comedians coming up because I was in the clubs and I was a I was invisible for years to the mm-hmm. comics, Margaret. I was invisible to them. I would go and wreck the stage. But in the green room, I couldn't get a fist pump. I couldn't get a hello. I couldn't get a good job. I couldn't get a pat on the back. I could get it. So it made you feel like, oh, why am I even yeah. doing this? But yeah. there's a fire in you, especially yeah. when you hit that stage that you got to like blaze it. But That's you right. do want the love of your constituents. You do want the, the feeling of good job. You know, that was tight. Punch up my right. joke if you hear something. But it took a long time to get that. So I, I, I love that you have those stories because they made you this Margaret Cho. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it is hard, you know, because we want that recognition from our peers. But comedy is such a supportive environment for the men. You know, when the men they love they love to watch their their, you know, homie sets and they love to like help them with tag. Like the men are just so tight. It's so weird. (laughs) I just like always thought this is it's real gay. Like, I'm like, this. they act real gay. <laughs> For straight people, they act real gay. Like, it's a very homoerotic environment. They don't want to admit it, but it, it really is. They just don't want to. It's like the no girls club, you know, sometimes. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very uh, boys club, but, you know, it's just part of it. I think you just have to accept it. And, you know, we develop regardless and then we're better for it. So it's actually fine. Now, Margaret, if you were on when you're on tour, do you prefer to be with a bunch of women or do you prefer to be with a bunch of men or a mix? A mix. A mix. I mean, I'm always very it's I'm always very kind of like uh, all over the place. Um, I got a lot of they them energy, too. So a lot of they thems are in my crew. So that's really nice. Um, But, yeah, I'm very open to uh, different people and very comfortable that way. Yeah, I like a mix too. I, I I love to have feminine energy on the stage. I don't like when it's just all men because my presentation is feminine, but my, my addiction is very alpha male. So I like to have women on the stage. They're coming in from a different angle because I think everybody's perspective is respected. Right. The problem with too many females on one show, they say, they all going to talk about the same thing. I said, well, all you men talk about the exact same thing. You talk about your damn penis right. and who you smashing. Right. You know, what, yeah. what's the difference? So uh, it's sexist. It's still very sexist. It's very sexist. Game. It's true. The sexist don't work on me because I got both sexes. So That's I, right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your biggest influence, Margaret, when you were coming up? Who were your who was your biggest influence in comedy? I think always Joan Rivers, you know. Yeah. See, uh, I love Joan too. She was a real pioneer and also really supportive. Um, you know, throughout my kind of coming up and and, and um 
she gave me a lot of work and um, I ended up getting to take over fashion police after she died, which was a real honor, you know, but I always, I, I always went to her if I, I had a bad show or, you know, something like she just was so incredibly understanding and um, she was really nurturing to other comedians, which I think is something she did for women, but also for men and um, very open about her own insecurities too. Like we were doing a show at Kennedy Center with all of the dudes, you know, the big, like all of like Gary Shandling and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, John Stewart and all, you know, Bill Maher and all the guys. And she really wanted to do well. And so she was like really nervous. And so, you know, we were like in her dressing room beforehand and she's talking about it. And I'm like, how could you be nervous? You're a fucking legend. Like nobody's better than you. They wish they, (laughs) like they wish they were you, but still she still had that was very open about that you know and i think um that's what made her really powerful is that she was had the ability to be vulnerable do you think that that was instilled on her from because joan came out at a time when women were really discarded as as comedians you know they was just you had to be not attractive or fat Mm-hmm. You know, you know, something like that. You couldn't be pretty and funny. It just not and a woman. Right. Those right. three components just did not work. That's right. Because so you, you were perceived as a else. threat if you were anything that, um, you know, could be construed as like sexually attractive, sexually yeah. vital. Um, and, and Joan was like not even able to talk about her pregnancy when she was on stage because that was considered vulgar, you know. So it's like. Yeah, she really changed everything for women. And um, I I personally was very affected by her just as a another comedian. You know, she really took care of me. And so I, I really, I miss her, um, you know, but she lived a really long life. What a great, what a great life yeah. she had. I never had the luxury of meeting her. I always wanted to meet her. But I figured, because I knew my journey as being a trans comedian, 25 years and nobody like me was around. So I could only imagine what it was like for her as a woman back then because Phyllis Diller was not an attractive woman. So she played on that. Joan Rivers was not a bad looking woman at all to me. You know, she's lovely. She had a bunch of circles. Yeah, but I figured and she always dressed nice. So you had to either be fat to be the joke or to be unattractive to be the joke or to be a shadow to be the joke. But Joan was she was never the shadow. She was always the chandelier. So yeah, that's she was, right. You know, the wallpaper. She was the centerpiece. That's so I, right. I, I, I wonder, did she bring any of those insecurities, even when she became the Joan Rivers? Those insecurities probably have were embedded in her from all her youth. That's what, yeah. I, was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because I still, have, I still harbor insecurities. I still harbor insecurities from when they didn't speak to me or when right. I was just a man in a dress. Even though I've over, I feel like I've overcome that. But every now and again, that little ugly shadow will peek his head in, like, maybe you're not good enough, or maybe you're not funny enough, or maybe you're not pretty enough. So I, I, I wondered that, you know? That's why I asked you, because we were different. We are anomalies. That's right. It's, it's, all, it's also like, it's a combination of not fitting in, but then also imposter syndrome, too. So it's like, we're almost our own internal bu- bully, in a sense. Yeah. You know, so I think always, like, the... The greatest opposition for me always has been myself and my own fears 
and my own limited thinking of like what I could do, what's possible. It's always been my own doing. So I stand in my own way more than anything else. Yeah, I would love to see Netflix put a show together with all the alternatives. When I say that, I mean Margaret Cho, Flame Monroe, uh, uh, just very unique comedians that yes. all have different stories to tell. Yeah, and we all come in from a, and we all look like Baskin Robbins with thirty-one flavors or I thirty-three flavors. You know, that would be it. fantastic. I think That's that would great. be a great show. Yeah. I yeah, agree. because I don't want to be on an all. I don't want to be pigeonholed to ever say that I'm this kind of comedian or that kind of comedian. I can play any room at any time in front of any people. I just played a whole room full of rednecks that were oh, all Trump supporters. Amazing. I talked about Trump, and I talked about Trump, and I didn't talk about his politics. I talked about his shape and his hair. Oh, good. I knew <laughs> where I was at, and I, you know, a lot of comedians out here say, "Oh, I'm not changing my set. I'm not changing my set. I don't care who I'm in front of." I think that's irresponsible on a comedian's part because right. you have to read the room that you're working. Right. You have to read the room. Well, ultimately, you're an entertainer. Like, if you're you're exactly. an entertainer, that's what you do. You're here to entertain. And you can't allow anything like that to stand in your way. And it's a good challenge and a good exercise. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. You're there to entertain, not to offend. Right. Exactly. Now, you, you may offend say a something bit. offensive. A little a bit. Right, yeah. a little you bit. You know, a little bit. Then, but, but you need to sort of gauge what it is. But there's always, it's, it makes it worth it. You know, people like to be offended. I think people really do like to be offended. Well, they like for you to say stuff that they want to say, but it make their skin crawl. And then they clutch their pearls. I'm like, oh, I was thinking it, but I, I didn't I have to say it. She said it. <laughs> they want to buy danger. People want to buy danger and that's what is the appeal of stand-up comedy is the dangerous element of it and so i think that's uh really like a very rare gift that's why it can't be replaced by ai can't you can't yeah. it won't ever be dangerous because it's thinking outside of the parameters of what's normal what's sane what's right and uh doing something fun with it that's the name of your next special, Margaret. Buying danger. Come buy danger. Buy I'm some selling. danger. Let's buy it. Let's, <laughs> let's buy some danger. We're gonna make. We're making danger. That is pretty dope. I really, really like that. That would be a great day. Oh my god. I am not going to keep you. I know you got things to do. I appreciate you so much. I want you to come down. I have a show every Monday night because I didn't know you were in LA. I don't know why yeah. I thought you were still living in San Francisco. Yeah. Every Monday I'm at the Hollywood Laugh Factory for Free Voices oh, yeah. at seven thirty. We have a great time. I'll come. Great show, come and we'll let you stretch your legs, Margaret, and get it out. It's a great it. audience, and my audience is very diverse, and they love the people that we bring. So Fabulous. I would love for you to come hang I'll out with there. us one Monday. Perfect. I thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thank you, Margaret, for being a great representation of the community. Thank you for being a fantastic comedian. Thank you for being a great a woman, and thank you for being a fantastic American, because that's thank what people you. keep forgetting, that we are Americans. I don't care what we that's look right. like, what size we are, what shape, we are all Americans. That's right. Thank we you We got to so remember much. that. Margaret Cho, thank you so much, my darling. Where can we follow you at? Give it to my fans, but we can follow you everywhere. You can follow me at Margaret Cho on X, at Margaret underscore Cho on Instagram, and the Margaret Cho on TikTok. And um, you can buy tickets at margaretcho.com, anybody who wants to come see me. I'm coming to see you. I'm buying my tickets. I don't know where you're going to be, but I'm coming to see you, Margaret. I'm going to sit I'm right in front of you. I'm going to come see row. you. I'm going to come see you. I want you to come and see me. We're going to have a great time. I, I Listen, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, baby. I had to speak to your dog because she spoke a couple of times. 
Thank you, darling. What's her, what's Lucia. her name? Lucia Caterina. Hi, Lucia. Thank you. Oh, my God. That, I can't even spell none of it, but I take it. <laughs> Thank you for being so pleasant. I Thank appreciate you. you. Thank you. Don't miss an episode of Laugh and Learn. Listen and subscribe on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Laugh and Learn Podcast is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Our executive producer is Tiffany Haddish. Our theme music is by the one and only Chrissy Payne. Thank you, guys. This is Flame Monroe. <laughs> Don't forget to laugh, listen, and learn. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Even though Tariq St. Patrick was betrayed and almost taken out last season, He's not totally on his own in the final season of Power Book 2, Ghost. For better or for worse, his partner in the drug game, Braden Weston, is his ride or die, and it's them against the world. But when Braden goes all in on this life, Tariq has to wonder, is there really room for both of them at the top? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.